Welcome to the UFC 276 breakdown. You know, it was an awesome night of fights from the prelims all the way to the main card. You know, two huge storylines. But let's just jump right into the prelims. First off, we got Brad Tavares versus Drake is Duplessis. Yes, sir. And it was an entertaining fight for, for sure, certain. Uh, Drake is, you know, looked um, like he was running out of, you know, stamina. But, you know, obviously, peace up, Brad Tavares on the feet later in the rounds. Uh, I'm very surprised at how well his uh, cardio held up. Yeah, as we saw, Brad Tavares has faced a lot of tough competition. He's very tough to put away. Yes. And we saw his uh, durability in this fight because Drake has definitely landed some big shots. Um, in the first round, you could kind of see that a little bit of inexperience from Drakus. Uh, he just looked uncomfortable, was really like, leaning and just using way too much stamina. Or stamina. Yeah, well, stamina and yeah. just cardio unnecessarily in yeah, like certain moments. Shots. You know, every time he's throwing a jab, he's like full on sprinting for one, two jabs. But later on, once he got more tired, he kind of just seemed to just be picking his shots better, not just lunging forward. And he ultimately got the win. You know, he won the second, third rounds pretty clearly. One judge gave him the first round, which, you know, kind of disagreed with. But yeah. other than that, I mean, good fight by him. And, you know, I mean, a couple of things he might need to work on. But other than that, he he should be set up for uh, a, a good next fight because he's definitely got some power and the skills to compete. For sure, uh, future sets up nicely. I believe Barrett Tavares ranked 12th in the weight division. Drake is now going to have a you know, number next to his name, and uh, we'll see who he fights uh, next. Moving on, we got Ian Gary versus Gabe Green. You know, pro bat battle between um, a you know, very highly touted prospect and another up-and-comer, and it wasn't close at all. Um, Ian Gary, you know, his striking looks much improved. I mean, we obviously knew he was known to be a striker, but uh, he hadn't really shown that much in the UFC yet besides, you know, a, a knockout and a sort of, you know, okay decision. But in this fight, he just looked totally in control. Gabe Green couldn't keep up at all. Yeah, we were talking about earlier how Ian Gary, like, we understand he's good. He's got the skills, the intangibles, the physical ability to do certain things and really be dominant. But in the past fights, you've kind of been left wanting more. Uh, in his exactly. first fight, he kind of got caught. Uh, and then in his last fight, you know, he kind of seemed like he was in control, but, you know, he didn't really like, push himself too much. Uh, going to this fight earlier in the week, he did say he was going to push his pace more, try to be more uh, offensive not sit so much on his opponent's uh, movement. And he certainly showed that in this fight. From the get-go, he was right away landing good combinations. When he saw a hole, he'd land you know, as many shots about as he could. Get in, get out. Um, I'm looking at the stats here. They look fairly close. Yeah, see, the, but the when strikes just you watch the fight, it was not close at all. Gabe Green was swinging for the fences. He was not even close. And then he had like one or two good shots. But other than that, it was all in Gary. Yeah, that, that's why I don't really like looking at the strikes and, you know, s significant strikes because there's so many different ways to measure significant strike. One is a knockdown. Like, a significant strike is a knockdown to Ian Gary. Obviously, another one can be, you know, a hard jab. So, it's not the same at all. Uh, anyways, moving on, we got battle of two of the old heads, two legends, Jim Miller versus Donald Cerrone in, a, you know, a huge fight, a rematch from 2014, uh, which Donald Cerrone knocked out Jim Miller. And, uh, you know, it, it was a good first round, you know, competitive first round. But uh, in the second round, you know, Jim Miller caught Don Cerrone with the guillotine as Don Cerrone fell from head kicking Jim Miller and man he wrapped up that guillotine so fast got his arm trapped and it was just uh Don Cerrone had no uh no other option but the tap yeah not much else to really say the first one was really good it was close uh it was great seeing two guys yeah, two who veterans. we know that at some point uh could be future hall of famers 100%. and you know back then you know in their primes they were some of the better fighters we had to offer in the UFC uh in this fight you know we're watching them past their prime but it was pretty special watching them you know, uh, try to face one another, kind of put some old skills back together, uh, see what they could do in the present age of, you know, where they've kind of fallen behind now. Jim Miller, congratulations on becoming the all-time UFC right. wins leader. 
Uh, whoever won this would become that, and Jim Miller submitted Cowboy and did so. On the other side, Cowboy, you know, great performance early on, looking sharp, but, you know, it didn't go his way. He retired as well. Doesn't really matter much, but, you know, as Anthony said, uh, he retired. So congratulations on a great career, and, you know, we're kind of rushing this a little bit, but, you know, Donald was one of the legends of the sport. It really That's helped right. it grow. Uh, a lot of memorable, memorable, you know, fights that he performed at. And yeah, fought everybody basically everybody in lightweight division, welterweight divisions. Literally, each division fought everybody, never backed down from a fight. He'll be remembered as a great all time, you know, fighter as well. And uh, best of luck to Fatherhood for him. And then moving on to the main fight in the preliminary card uh, Brad Riddell versus Jalen Turner. We have no, we don't need to talk about this at all. Yeah, I mean, it was as you guys saw, it's it says 45 seconds, but it was over within 30. Uh, Brad Riddell moved forward. Jalen Turner, you yeah, know, landed right. a, with a good right hook, dropped, you know, kind of wobbled him, and then once he kind of dropped with another strike, Jalen Turner just jumped right on his neck and just choked him out. Yeah, uh, you know, we thought it was going to be a close fight, but we were saying, you know, how the reach and the power and, and the height difference definitely would play a factor, and that exactly happened. Jalen Turner hit him with the right hand, stunned Riddell for sure. Riddell went for a takedown and just landed in that guillotine, sadly. And, man, I think he's going to be a real promised division. You know, he's obviously showing a much-improved skill set from each fight. He has massive power in the hands. And just for the division, it's absolutely ridiculous how lengthy, how tall, and how much he weighs. But, uh, you know, good fight. Really quick fight. Let's move on to the main card. Bangers. So now, here we're going to go into a little bit more detail. You know, we're kind of rushing through it. But, you know, there's this was an excellent card. I thought it was really good. Got a little bit, you know, slower towards the end. But, you know, it's to be expected from Izzy. Yes. Um, so moving on, uh, Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley. And, Such a disappointing end. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, it wasn't the most exciting fight, but at least we're getting to learn a little bit from Sean O'Malley. Seeing think. something about Pedro, you know, what kind of game plan he had. And he was looking pretty good early on. The first one was close, um, you know, really, really close. But we kind of gave it a little bit to Sean O'Malley just for pushing the pace and throwing a little bit more willingly with his, you know, uh, yeah. hands. But wouldn't be surprised um, if a judge gave it to Pedro. Yeah, honestly, it was pretty close because Pedro was, you know, leg kick, leg kick, leg kick. He was not st- stopping with those leg kicks. Sean O'Malley definitely checked a lot of those, but, you know, Pedro did not seem to mind. The only thing, Pedro seemed a little gun shy. Mm. Uh, you know, it's understandable with the, you know, Sean O'Malley's reach advantage. But, yeah, I mean... Sean Malley was being tested early on. He seemed to be getting a little bit better of a groove in the second uh, round, but sadly, Sean O'Malley, I poked Pedro, and you know we didn't really get to get a full look at uh, you know what we have in Sean O'Malley. Yeah, uh, definitely unfortunate there. Sean O'Malley as well, not not seen like gunshot, but you know definitely taking his time much more than he has in previous fights. You know, like against uh, Chris. Whatever the last name is, you know, obviously destroying his face. You know, before that was Thomas Almeida, definitely much more gun shy. Uh, when he was fighting a much higher caliber fighter in uh in Sean O'Malley, I believe Sean O'Malley, I think he's ranked thirteenth. So I don't know where this uh where you go from here. You know, I think they both stay put. Obviously, do you re? I don't, I don't think you revisit this fight. I mean, there there's really no point. And uh, do you push like Sean O'Malley like further? Like I don't know. That's a weird spot. Because it's no contest, so neither guy won. I mean, Pedro can, you know, fight whoever. But Sean, I, I mean, I don't know. Do, do you make him fight somebody around his, you know, rankings? Do you push him up more? Because we didn't really see anything from him. They're like, okay, like he's the next big thing. And everybody in the top, like, 10 are basically booked. 
except Peter Yan and that's just get out of here. That's ridiculous. Um, so I don't know. Uh, maybe Adrian uh, Yanis is a fight that's interesting. You know, somebody who's an up and comer as well as Sean O'Malley. I don't know if they want him to fight that early in their careers, but just a very unfortunate ending. Uh, to this fight, um, it really does suck because I know a lot of people took that betting over 12 and a half minutes, 2.5 rounds. So it, it really does suck that uh, it ended in eye poke. Yeah, for sure. And we're looking here at the you know rankings. I'm not really sure, as you said, who Sean O'Malley should fight. Um, yeah, as you said, everyone's booked. And then a couple of the other guys are going to be really tough matchups. Um, maybe a Frankie Edgar, but at this point, it seems like you know UFC has really been sacrificing Frankie Edgar, just throwing him you know to Marlon Vera, yes. uh, before that to Corey Sanhagen, and uh, I'm not really sure where you go from here. Knowing the UFC, maybe like a Ricky Simon. I don't know. I know he's already booked though. I know. Oh, okay. Uh, only thing knowing the UFC and how they kind of run, they're probably gonna put him against some another rank unranked guy or something, See, yeah. and then put him up with you know whoever opens up between the matchups that yeah. are set. Um, it's an unfortunate ending, and for I've seen so many people say, you know, Pedro, you know, quit and stuff. This dude, how can he? He's fought like Aljamain Sterling. He's fought the Dominic Cruises. He he's fought every single buddy in the division. The Jose Aldo's of the world. Tell him he's gonna quit against Sean O'Malley. Get the, you're psycho. You're you're literally insane in the head. Yeah, so you know that left us a little bit hanging because we're not sure where you know what's next for the future that the division for those fighters. But um, yeah, we're looking forward to see what Sean O'Malley's next matchup will be and Pedro, you know. Uh, a legend, but you know, not too interesting what his next matchup might be because yeah. he's kind of, you know, on his way out the door. Then moving on, what a phenomenal fight this was! We knew for sure this was gonna be a barn burner. The Barbarina and Lawler said to themselves, "This will be a barn burner. We're, we're gonna bring the action." And you know, it, it sure was. We were on the edge of our seats, paying close attention, and it was sure exciting. Yeah, you know, uh, in the first round, it looked like Vinches Robbie Lawler catching Barbarino with some shots. Man, these are hard shots. That with the surround sound system, you hear him connecting with the chin. It was just wow. And then Brian Barberino, you know, throwing, I think it was 190 strikes in the first round, which is ridiculous, landing 60 of them. It was more, it kind of reminded me of like, not the Colby Covington fight, because Colby obviously dominated, but it was like him trying to throw power shots and just getting countered with so much, you know, pressure, you know, not hard shots. He was picking and choosing when to pull a lot of power into. First round, I would say it was Robbie. Second round started off as Robbie's, you know, catching um, um, Brian Barberino with a lot of shots, but then Brian Barberino just turned it around, caught Robbie Lawler with a ton, a lot of elbows landed. You know that was a great weapon, and then finished him along the cage. Ref stepped in to stop it. It was a good stoppage. I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know Robbie's already taking so much you know damage in his career. He definitely was falling down. You know on the on on the way down. So I mean, man, credit to Brian Barberino. Chin and you know willpower go so much in this sport, and he was just not going down. For sure. And what's ridiculous is chin and cardio combination because we saw the output he had, uh, you know, 13 seconds left in the second round. He was already at 317 total strikes, 316 significant strikes attempted. That's just ridiculous output. He didn't have the most power and a lot of them were kind of just like light shots measuring. But still, you know, you're pumping your arms, you're trying to you know move around, trying to avoid taking shots. And, I mean, just the way he was able to eat some of those shots that Lauer was throwing at him. Because Lauer was going full force, definitely the more powerful guy. But Barbarino was able to just kind of, you know, tire out Robbie a little bit. And then once he picked his shots, you know, he was able to kind of break them down slowly. And from there on out, he just got that momentum rolling towards the end of that round, the final minute. And that damage just kind of accumulated, overwhelmed Robbie, and, you know, just got to the finish. Especially, as you said, with those elbows. Those are coming from all over the place. You know, he's got fist as a... You know, punches falling through. He just finished it with the elbow. 
So he was doing everything he could, and what I forgot what fight that was. Yeah, and uh, S.R.I. Roller, you know, obviously one of the legends of the sport, one of the, you know, greatest waste well, of all time. I think it's time for him to hang it up. You know, he's fought in the who's who's of the division. Uh, no need to take more damage. He's he's 40. He's been in the UFC since 2004. Uh, there's nothing else to prove. And if he does one more fight, I kind of like the Matt Brown fight for him. You know, mm-hmm. loser retires 100%. So, I mean, uh, he's definitely on his way out. Great fighter, great legend, and he'll always be remembered, man. Um, kudos to Ryan Lawler. And how about Barbarina? Do you know where he might, where he might be I next? honestly don't know. I, I saw t- a Twitter post saying that he was complimenting retiring if he didn't win this fight. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's still pretty young, and he looked good. I mean, he looks he, like he did he look can take good. Some hits though. Uh, maybe a Michelle Pereira fight's kind of crazy. Honestly, that yeah, would, that would be a crazy fight. I definitely like. That if fight. he's expecting to be out the door soon from the UFC, it might be good to just give him some fatal matchups like this. He seems to enjoy. Yeah, you know, he's putting on sure. a show for the fans, and it's exciting. You know, people are willing to pay to watch that. I mean, yeah. I'd definitely pay to watch him be in a main event again because he really sets the tone. Yeah. So um, Mike, like, I met. You know, an opponent like Michael Pereira would be really exciting. Maybe somebody like Neil Magny, too, who just yes. lost. Maybe, you know, a more popular kind of name. Wouldn't be the most exciting fight, but, you know, a, a, a decent name to compete against. And also a lower-ranked opponent yes, that, 100%. you know, Barbarina wants to keep going, maybe. Or Geoff Neal would also be Or Geoff Neal would be a good one, too. So, yeah, any of those guys would kind of be a you know favorable matchup for Barbarina. And then, um, so that's with that. Moving on, middleweight division. Wow. Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira and man. Wow. That's all we gotta say is wow. Yeah, Alex Pereira just looked phenomenal, man. He he looked much improved as well. Another fighter that we thought really looked a lot better in this fight. Uh I know it was not for long, but Alex Pereira, you know, in his first fight he looked a, a bit like uncomfortable, you know, against the kind of wrestling style opponent. Then knocked that guy out. Yeah, he knocked him out with a flying knee, but early on he looked a bit uncomfortable, worrying about the takedowns, trying to you know, really pick his shots. Then against Bruno Silva, he had a lot of moments where he could have probably finished the fight, but he just seemed to be a little more uh, patient and not in a good way because he was really just letting the opponent come to him in his face and then picking shots. In this one, he looked way more aggressive. He looked like he was the one setting the tone, deciding how uh, the fight was going to go and who was going to be landing first. And, man, when Alex Pereira lands first, it's usually going to be a short night because he is a finisher. Yeah, uh, like you said, first fight, Definitely was worried about the takedown. Uh, second fight, uh, fought another great striker, Bruno Silver. Really wasn't like hungry for that finish. And this fight, just wow. Uh, I don't know what Sean Strickland's game plan was. Um, you obviously don't strike with Alex Pereira. It doesn't matter who you are in the world. The only possible person that probably could strike with Alex Pereira on the feet for five rounds is probably Israel Adesanya. But Sean Strickland, I don't know, man. Uh, and it also seemed like Alex Pereira wasn't even worried about the takedowns. You know, he was. Not like pushing forward on Sean Strickland, but he was just right there, you know, leg kicking, you know, wasn't backing up at all. He's more of a counter striker. Exa- exactly. And Sean Strickland's known to pressure his opponents. And it, and it seemed like he wasn't, he was terrified of pressure. He was, you know, kind of in his face, but didn't really know what to throw, what to do. And man, that left hook on the next prayer, it that putting anybody to sleep. That thing is a touch of death. For sure. And, you know, not to act like we're body, body language experts or anything, but, you know, Sean Strickland seemed a little bit more, you know, shy, a little more reserved than usual. You just see him come in real confident or, you know, kind of talking his, you know, talk. But once he was walking in, he seemed a little bit, you know, shy, which whatever, doesn't mean anything. But once he stepped in the cage, he really wasn't himself. He you didn't know? want to be there. Yeah, he, you could tell he, he felt the pressure and, you know, that he was in a very tough situation. Yeah. That being said, Alex Pereira, man, what a performance. Uh, it it looks like it's gonna be for sure him it's, against Izzy next. It's, it seems like the only really 
interesting matchup left in the division because if Strickland had somehow won that, I don't know how I'd feel about that against Izzy. I just wouldn't well, like that matchup. If Strickland won and it was been Izzy, we would have literally been all put to sleep in that fight, man. Two technical strikers. But anyways, Ashfair for against Izzy 100%. Uh, I mean, they've said it a million times. I don't know why people... I've seen people on Twitter commenting that he has to get through Raul Whitaker and Marvin Tory first. Dude, they're fighting first off, Raul Whitaker and Marvin Tory. And they've said a million times that, you know, that... If Alex wins, he's getting a title shot because he's beaten Rob Whitaker twice, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, beating Marvin twice, just beat Jared, um, J- beat um, Derek Brunson. So there's nobody else. Sean Strickland's out of the picture now. Everyone he's beaten. So Alex Pereira is 100% the fight next. There's no other fight left. And I cannot wait to see that fight. That The amount of marketing that will go into that fight, him having beat Izzy twice, twice for everybody's it's craziness. Knocked him out the second time. So, I mean, there's going to just be so much marketing. The buildup is going to be insane. And, and that is going to be a great fight. Watch it just be a decision and just have some boring as fuck. Yeah. No, and uh, as for Sean Strickland, you know, what's next for him? Me personally, I'm kind of looking at that Derek Brunson, you know, coming off a loss. Yeah, that would be an interesting like matchup, one. four against five. And another one I, I'm kind of looking at I really like is Darren Till is fighting um, Jack Hermanson. Jack Hermanson. Yeah, loser, in, or winner, whoever. What, two weeks, three weeks? Uh, I kind of like. You know, if they're until Wednesday, I kind of like that matchup for Strickland as well. Will they fight, though? Because they're friends, aren't they? Oh, that's true. I mean, I don't know. It depends because Sean Strickland isn't that type of, like, you know, overly friendly guy. Uh, Maybe they're until Wednesday, but, you know, just ranking-wise, it seems like an interesting matchup. Yeah, 100%. But, yeah, for sure, I like that Brunson matchup for Strickland. Yeah. Uh, Or maybe even the the, um, winner of Costa... Rockhold, as they both have talked so much shit back and forth between yeah. Rockhold and Strickland and Rockhold, I mean, and Costa and Strickland. For sure. Um, so moving on, uh, we got, we called this one 100%. The people's main event. Yes. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, the great, defeats Max Bless Holloway via one of the most dominant championship fights I've ever seen. Like we've been saying, Alexander Volkanovsky just on a different planet now. The speed is just ridiculous. I mean, it's I can't even see his punches coming anymore. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, and man, respect to Max because he was he eating shots up. left and right. He had a nasty cut, and he was able to fight you know three more rounds through he got that. Fucked up. Um, Alex Volkanovski, man, he just looked phenomenal. The speed, even if you somehow think the hand speed is not there, his body speed, just being able to jump in, jump out between you know his combinations and stuff, it's just different. It, it is. truly is like Max, and you know Max is very fast, you know to his credit, but you could just see the difference close. between the both of them, like. Volkanovski was able to get, you know, anything he wanted, even some quick kicks and stuff. Um, and, you know, that's sound overly bragging for Volk, but, I mean, he pretty much turned turned Max into a wrestler. As we can see here, Max <laughs> tried three takedowns, 0 for 3. Uh, Volk didn't even attempt one. Yeah, Volk didn't even have to try anything here. He landed 204 total strikes, 200 significant strikes, and a 53% uh, clip. So, I mean, he just a phenomenal performance, easily won all five rounds. It should have been, some should have been 10-8s, I mean. Yeah, maybe because of the damage, but at least Max was somewhat competitive in all of them. But other than that, man, it was not a close fight whatsoever, and I don't know what's next for Volk, but this fight was very, very one-sided. Yeah, um, I think it just solidifies. If we had had to do pound-for-pound rankings, maybe we'll do that, you know, in the future on a TikTok or an Instagram or podcast. Volk is my number one pound-for-pound. I don't care, like, these people still have Usman there. Okay, Usman's great. But Volk has literally fought out of their weight classes and multiple other organizations. That's his whole thing. And, I mean, what he's done to Max Holloway, who's another great. It'd be different if Usman did this to, like, like a GSP three times in a row. You know what I'm saying? 
Max Holloway is also known as the other greatest featherweight of all time. Don't forget, we, we did not forget about Aldo, but he's also one of the greatest featherweights of all time. Holloway, and he beat him three times. He's also beaten Jose Aldo, which wasn't a close fight. He dominated Brian Ortega. Absolutely dominated Korean Zombie. Beat, has beaten Chad Mendez. I mean, when are we going to start giving this guy his proper credit? He's the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, and he deserves that 155 tile shot, especially with it being vacant. That's perfect opportunity now. That it's vacant, and you have the number one contender, Charles Oliveira, the righteous number one contender, and the featherweight champion of the world fight for that 155 title fight. I can't even think of another perfect example of that. Yeah. No, and um, I don't know. I think this is a big career legacy defining moment for Volk just because of how purely dominant he was against the guy that's so beloved. Yeah. The big thing with uh, UFC a lot of time is you want to beat a guy who's a fan favorite so you could get those fans to yourself. As we've seen with Volk, you know, he's shown that he deserves the respect, but he, for whatever reason, just doesn't seem to be getting it. He's a huge Because fan. of huge Max, fan. you know, having such a big fan base and such a history. And his divisional fans. Now, with Max Holloway being dominant like this, there's just no denial. Like, you can't make no excuses. If you think he lost the second... If you think Volk lost the second fight, whatever, at this point doesn't matter because he dominated his third one, and we've seen there's a big, big difference between the two fighters at this point. Um, as you're saying, for what's next for the fighters, me personally, I kind of like the idea of Volk fighting one more time at featherweight and then fighting the champion at 155. I think the proper match would be Charles Oliveira against Islam Makhachev for the title. And then Volk versus, say, the winner. Well, it kind of depends on that Byron Ortega matchup next weekend. If Yer wins it, I'd like Yer against Volk. And if Yer loses it, I'd like the winner of uh, maybe Josh Emmett. Oh, Lord. No, no, between Josh Emmett and, like, say, Arnold Allen or one of those guys. I don't know. It, it, it kind of just depends, you know, on the matchups and stuff, what the UFC decides. But me personally, I like to give Volk one more fight in the, you know, featherweight. And then after that, once there's a true champion at 155. Have him face him. Because mm. I, I, I don't know. I guess he could fight for the vacant title. But I kind of like the idea better of him going up there and fighting someone who's already set mm. as the champ. I also th- really like the matchup between him and Oliveira. That would be excellent just because of the power and the speed. But I would also like a matchup against him and Islam. Because we saw that Ortega was not able to submit him whatsoever. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see what Islam's game plan would be there. I, I know it'd be try to dominate him on the ground, but... Volk is so strong, and he's got such a strong base, you know, a strong center of gravity to the ground. It's going to be very tough to yeah. try to grab him and take him down. And, man, if, if Volk becomes a, the lightweight champion, he said it numerous times that he will go back and forth defending the titles. He can easily make 145, and he can make 155 easy, and he will go back and forth. There's no need to, you know, vacate one. And I believe him 100%. And, you know, he said before that in his second fight with Max, he was really up to it. He wasn't feeling himself. I believe that too because this shit wasn't even close. And like we said, the speed, huge difference. We said he's gotten faster, especially against like the Korean Zombie Showcase. Speed, striking better, wrestling better. I mean, he's just an all-around perfect fighter. And like you said, that match against Charles Oliveira would be insane. Honestly, just seeing tonight, I might take Volk against Charles Oliveira, man. It would be an insane fight, especially with Charles Oliveira, you know, size advantage. But the dude is so fast and his fight IQ is so insane how... He he! It's like he doesn't even get tagged that much anymore. Mm-mm. It's it's scary. I mean, you saw at the end of the fight, he looked clean, and yeah. I know it says Max landed about a hundred and you know sixty total strikes. Yeah, right. But when you look at that fight, it really seemed like he might have landed like seventy at most. Like there was no no heavy shots that can really you know that really come to mind when I Not look even. at that fight. Um, you know, Volk just looked fresh at the end of it, and he looked like could have gone another five rounds. It's kind of scary. And it, yeah, it's, he's such a weird combination of speed. 
power cardio wrestling like he doesn't get tired I might, I might just change the video he made to everything Volk cardio pressure you know everything is ridiculous and chin too i mean there was one shot where holloway landed Volk just ate and said hey, good, yeah. good shot you know so i mean i don't know how you beat this guy he's number one pound for pound of mine i don't give a fucking about kamaru usman and whatever's next for Volk, i don't care who it is where it's at feathery lightweight i'm tuning in i'm a huge fan of his and he Man, what a, what just what a what a performance for sure. And now as for Max Holloway, man, uh, I have no idea where you go with. Yeah, I mean, a lot of heart. Uh, just showed he's got a chin of steel. He cannot be broken <laughs> that's down. <what> you <laughs> I mean, I, that's a, really I took away because I don't know what that's else. All you could, could say about that's it. all you could really say about that for Max. You know, I know he tried. He tried. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, he's just outclassed. He just looked like he did not belong. What did he find but, in the gym? I just I want to ask him that. What did he find that was folks' weakness? I don't know. He did say he found something that he's going to really take advantage of. But as for Max, it's, it, he's in a tough situation here because he's already kind of run through the division. He's beat everyone but Volk. Um, I don't like the idea of him really moving up to 155. I feel like he just doesn't have the power. And, you know, he doesn't really have the power in 145 anyways. He's more of a cardio and volume guy. Um, I, I think 155 would be very, very tough. You got a lot of guys who are very solid on the ground, um, very heavy. I, I don't know, not much else to say. I just I don't like any of the matchups, really, 155. Maybe one or two here and there, but other than that, I don't think he could consistently make a career out of being at 155. Um, he's too big to really move down, yeah. so his only option kind of seems to just stay at 145. But, I mean, he's in a really rough spot because he just had to fight through all, you know, the division, to earn the title spot, shot. And, I mean, what are you going to do now? Have to fight three, four guys to try and get another one? Yes. Yeah, so that's hoping that Volk's not there. Because if Volk's still there, I mean, it's like really tough trying to yeah. give him a fourth fight after yeah. losing three. So, I, I don't know what's next for Max. I mean, me personally, man, hopefully Yair wins. Yair could match up against Volk and then maybe Ortega rematch. Mm. But other than that, I don't know, man. It just seems like he's the gatekeeper at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of sucks, you know. It's, it's not like a Robert Whitaker, Kobe Covington, because those fights will always be competitive, you know, with the champion. Like, I think Robert Whitaker will always be competitive with Izzy and Kobe, the same with Usman. It just it seems like this division, you know, Volk is just getting better and better with each fight. It's, like, scary, honestly, like, how he's evolving. And and it, it's just his mindset, how he says after each win, he takes something away that he did wrong. You know, when a lot of people, they win, like, I won, you know, I did great. But he takes away something he did wrong and wants to improve on that. So, I mean, for Max, I honestly think he's going to go up to lightweight. There's there's no other fights from a featherweight. There's no point of fighting a featherweight at all. And he, I mean, Max, he doesn't have the power, but he he can be competitive in many lightweight fights. You obviously saw uh, it was a uh, three rounds to two against Dustin Poirier, who's obviously number one or two in that mm-hmm. division. You know, so I mean, maybe a, who who'd you like in that lightweight division? Because I'm looking through, I'd probably give him somebody who's more of like a bend downhill. I'm looking at me at Tony Ferguson mm-hmm. just because two big names. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be a very fun striking matchup, uh, or Dan Hooker. I know Dan Hooker's been struggling lately, but you know it's kind of a matchup where we could see a little bit of both. You know, striking a fun matchup. Nothing overly tough. I could see Max definitely winning that match. I I um, like uh, I like uh Justin Gaethje versus Max Holloway. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah top five fight. You know, Justin Gaethje say he wants to make another title run. You know, what more to add a featherweight championship to your list? You know, well, let's just kill Max Holloway over at it. You know, make sure he gets put to sleep again. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about that matchup, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. As we said, Max in a tough situation. It is definitely tough because he. it doesn't even matter if he wins five in a row. Say He's he, better than everyone else, but not good enough to beat the champ or even fight the champ at this point just because of 
their track record. Yeah, and let me tell you, right now, his knockout's going to be so vicious when he gets knocked out. Because, dude, he ate some bombs tonight. Bro, I'm telling you, that knockout when he gets knocked out is going to be so sad. And he's only 30. If he wants to fight five more years, man, Goodness. he's got to take way, way more damage. Yeah. So, but, uh, I mean, anyways, what a great fight that was. You know, Volk, pound for pound, number one. Can't wait to see what he does in the future. Uh, moving on, we got the main event of the evening. You know, we were so hyped that the Volk one that we just had to take a snooze pill, and Izzy provided that for us. Izzy had to sign to feast Jared Cannonier via unanimous decision, man. Oh, God, it's like he doesn't take any risk anymore. And it's like if they don't press forward on him, he he will never take a risk. It's so boring. I mean, now you have him decisioning Jared, him decisioning Whitaker, him decisioning Vittori. Vittori, him beating Costa. I mean, that was just, Costa's awful. And then before that, I mean, I can't. Even, I don't even remember. The decision, Joel Romero, in the most boring fight of all time. So I mean, what more can you say? Uh, it was a good, you know, I guess game plan from Izzy. Uh, Jared also. I also surprised by Jared Cannonier's game plan. You know, Jared. I thought didn't have much of a chance because uh, he got pretty dominated by Rob Whitaker, and I was surprised that Jared, like Izzy said, his game plan was good. His leg kicks were very good. He should have went to those more often. And um, I mean, not. I don't. I don't agree with fifty. 45 i thought it was like three two four one you know but uh they were close rounds nothing for jared to shame his head on but uh just another boring fight by his ass on you yeah no as we said you know i, I wasn't expecting jared to come in and just get starts right away like a lot of people were saying a lot of people were saying adesanya has got to show he's levels above you got to try to see if he could submit him because i know adesanya said you know, he needs another challenge he's got to try to submit him or something yeah right. i did not think that at all for one second um I was pleasantly surprised by Jared's ability to kind of be smart, you know, not take too much damage. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised by his ability to grab and really hold Izzy at will against the fence. Once he got his hands on him, Izzy could not really get him off. Um, he was very strong against the fence in the clinch, but you know, he just seemed to really be lacking. He took a little bit too long to really he get takes, going. He took some pictures. Yeah, he for sure did. Uh, first and second round, he was snoozing. Uh, he got picked apart and already set the tone for kind of fight. You know, from there on, you're just asking for a miracle, trying to come back and, you know, get three rounds in a row, which is just not going to happen against Izzy. Um, I don't know, not much else to say. Jerry just seemed like he did good, but, but not enough to deserve a win. Like, and it, it was just not close. And the thing with Izzy, it's so weird his picking, his, like, you know, our definition is like Alexander Volkanovski picking apart somebody. He's fucking him up. Yeah. Izzy's definition of picking apart is so weird because he'll just, just jab. jab. Exactly. Like kick, like kick. Yeah, he'll jab, jab. He'll jab you, and then the kid not say, "Oh my goodness!" Snapping jab, and then a leg kick. He like never follows it with a jab cross or a jab hook. Like it's so weird how it he just doesn't throw stays. anything really like significant to put you to sleep. Yeah. He's just trying to put you to sleep. It's by boring you to death. Yeah, it's weird. Like it, he doesn't put together combinations. Um, his, his you know all he does is throw that leg kick and that jab and. And I mean, it's good. I mean, it's good to win fights because it's so hard for them to win fights against him because he's. I mean, domination is boring. Yeah, that's what it is. He's just dominating the division, but um, he just gets to a point where you know, like at Take least Anderson, risk. Anderson Silva was seeing the risk because and he's revered as such a legend because he was finishing guys. Um, Izzy will be known as probably one of the best, if not the best, middleweight of all time. I think by the time his career is done, but it, it does get kind of painful to watch these fights because as we saw, Jared was willing to strike. Uh, only thing he just get you know got gun shy at times, but Adesanya is definitely not gonna go in and take any chances himself. He's fine with just winning yeah, a round, a sh- two yeah, strikes really to one, shame. and just sitting there. 
And I heard so many people saying, oh, the, the, this is the fight that, you know, Izzy just needs that um, that motivation for fight. How he said, uh, you know, Jared said some things. I don't even know what he said. I think he made a meme or something. But he didn't. I mean, it's it's just him, you know, not wanting to take any risk. And, and that's fine, you know. But but you hear that the people, when when he when he was on the fight, they didn't even cheer for him, you know. And, I mean, he, he can't. I'm just so excited for the future with Izzy because he can't do that to Alice Pereira. He cannot stand at bay because Alex Pereira is going to do the same exact things he's going to do. You know? at, at least we're guaranteed a fun matchup. And we know Alex Pereira, at least the version we saw today, he's not going to be afraid to push the pace, be the aggressor. Um, and we know there's someone that, at least from a technical standpoint, has the ability to also land leg kicks. That's you know, like Cannoneer, it's not going to happen. With Whitaker, you're hopeful it could happen, but you could just tell there's like a big difference in the reach and just physical intangibles. But at least with Eric's, Alex Pereira, you know, he's the same height, same, same skill set, uh, same abilities, everything. So at least we know that Izzy can't just sit back and just be comfortable. He knows that any anywhere he is, he could get hit. Yeah. And, well, uh, you know, every announcer saying how, like, you know, every guy that fights Izzy wants to get a kickboxing match for them. Obviously, whatever, you know, mixing the wrestling, Jared Trey missing some, you know, grappling. But Alex Pereira, he can do the, he can He's fine with the kickboxing match, is he? He's mm-hmm. totally fine because he's fought him twice in kickboxing. Beat him twice, and even if the first fight, you know, you say X was, I mean, Izzy was raw, whatever. I mean, he has shown that he is able to stand with Izzy for five rounds, and ju- is just as well as him. And and let me tell you, this fight is going to be close, and I, I really hope that it brings out something in Israel because I I I dislike him. I think he's cringe, but I, I want him to you know show the greatness, you know, to to because he certainly it. has it. It's exactly. not a knockout. Like it's a just because. Our, like, our only complaint with him is just that he's become so good and you know kind of so far ahead of the competition that he's just not pushing himself to even try. Yeah, to even being you know exciting. He's just being exciting with his talking, I guess, to some people and you know his entrances and stuff. That was a pretty neat entrance yes. too today. If you didn't see it, came out as the Undertaker holding a a jar of Jared's ashes. of Jared's ashes, but um. I don't know. Other than this, we just got Israel Adesanya, plus, you know, going to likely fight uh, Alex Pereira next. Uh, really looking forward to that matchup. And as for Kanier, uh, let's see what's next because I'm looking through the division here. Um, I don't know. You're going to have to fight down. You already fought Whitaker. Vittori's booked. Strickland is on a loss. Just beat Brunson. Maybe the winner of Costa Rockhold. That could be a good matchup, I think. Um, but other than that, I don't really see much else for him. Uh, he's kind of just going to have to sit for a little bit, sit on some matchups and see how that goes. But other than that, I mean, yeah, not much else to say. Yeah, Alex Pereira is the next matchup. Um, uh, I'm t- This is July. I'm thinking maybe they put Izzy on uh, December December uh, versus Alex Pereira in Brazil. Why not do it in Brazil? That'd be fucking insane. Put Charles Oliveira on that card as well. I mean, they... they, they uh, he wants to find Brazil as well. That'd be crazy. Izzy versus, I mean, no, Izzy be the Comey. Uh, Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev in Brazil. Izzy versus Asper in Brazil. That'd be so crazy. That'd be an insane fight card. I mean, goodness gracious. I, I'm, I'll pay for the 70 for that one. Yeah, right. But um, no, I mean, great, great fight card. I mean, looking forward to the future of each of these fights on the card. Uh, especially, you know, for Israel Asanya having to fight Asper next 100% set in stone. As we can now see, the future is so bright for him. As per, as we already talked about, um, Sean O'Malley, we don't know what his future beholds, but it's, it's going to be a good one. So, I mean, I'm just excited for each of these fires' future. And, man, what a card. International Fight Week always, never disappoints us. For sure. 
uh, great card. Uh, like you said, great fights. Looking forward to the possible matchups. And then next week, got Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fizio. Should be an interesting matchup. Already been booked a million times, it feels like. But, um, yeah, make sure you go check out our videos. Uh, Paige has been doing really good as of late. Uh, go like it up. We'll try to post some clips from, you know, this podcast and stuff. But, uh, yeah, just make sure to go like, subscribe, and everything, all that good stuff. And, yep, we're out.